0: Welcome to Mazum Gumzo, African Scholarly Conversations, a podcast that highlights the perspectives of various stakeholders in academia and research fields across Africa through open dialogue on Mazum Gumzo on scholarly communication in Africa. Today's episode features an engaging session on the topic Using African Policy Data to Monitor Trends in Public Policy by Joy Owango the Executive Director, TCC Africa, and Dr. Nicholas Ozo, Executive Director, African Technology Policy Studies Network, ATPS.
1: Um, we are live, everyone. Thank you so much for making it to today's uh, webinar. And uh, thank you for making it today's webinar. And uh, what we are going to take you through is uh, using African policy data to monitor trends in public policy. Um, My name is Joy Owango, I'm the Executive Director of the Training Center in Communication, and what we are is that, um, who we are rather, is that we are a center that is based at the University of Nairobi, uh, that is in Kenya, And what we do is that we support researchers, research institutes and governments on how they can improve their research output and increase their visibility through scholarly and science communication. And we also go one step ahead further by creating strategic partnerships to support the academic community in achieving this goal in improving its research output and increasing its its visibility. I am the executive director of the Training Center in Communication, and my name is Joy Owango. So as I said, um, our, uh, our webinar today is going to focus on Africa using African policy data to monitor trends in public policy. And on top of that, understanding what, what are our major think tanks uh, focusing on, especially when it comes to public policy. And most importantly, how does artificial intelligence, especially the, the existing artificial intelligence tools, Aid in making us under, uh, understand the trends in this policy, monitor the trends in this policy, and how do they influence on the decisions that we that policymakers uh, make based on the the policy on the reports that are shared. That is part one. But how visible is our 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 policies? Uh, our policy documents and how far and wide are they being used? This is extremely critical to us because it's one thing to go through the research produce process and then come up with policies and policy reports. It's another thing to understand whether these policy reports are 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 actually implemented. They're being used. They're being cited, and what impact they have on. Uh, on the various uh, communities, but also another thing is how accessible are these policy documents? Um, with the rise of AI, we are there's, there's a rise in also aggregating all these documents in places where that they can be easily accessible, and we're also going to be talking about that, and also the impact it has on think tanks, whether it is continental or or uh, whether it's continental or uh, or national. So um, without further ado, I'm going to get to the webinar proper. And what we aim to shed light on is how African policy data can be effectively used to track and analyze the evolution of public policies in the region. And we intend to achieve this in this webinar through introducing, um, giving an introduction to African policy reports and its significance in monitoring policy trends, the techniques and methodologies for collecting and and organizing and analyzing policy data from African countries, the case studies highlighting the role of African policy data in identifying policy trends and measuring their impact, um, the best practices and tools for utilizing African policy to inform evidence-based policy decisions, and what opportunities and challenges in accessing, utilizing, and sharing of policy data exist. Now, with us, we have three speakers. We have Dr. Nicholas Ozo. Uh, he is he's the Executive Director of the African Technology Policy Studies, based here in Nairobi. And it is a transdisciplinary network of researchers and policymakers, private sector actors, and the civil society that promote the generation, dissemination, and use of the ma- and mastery of science, technology, and innovation for African Development, Environmental Sustainability, and Global Inclusion. So ATPS is, is, uh, is headquartered in Kenya, but is uh, has offices in 30 African countries. So Dr. Nicolas Ozo is going to give us um, the perspective from a continental level as a think tank, and also their focus, which is on STNI and how, um, and how, uh, uh, The African policy reports help in monitoring the trends in public policy and also most importantly, how um, AI can actually aid in increasing the visibility and accessibility of the the outputs that they produce, especially when it comes to the partnerships that arise from the policy reports that they create. Now, the other uh, speaker we have is Dr. Eliud Moy, Dr. Eliud Moy is the principal policy analyst and uh, partnerships from the Kenya Institute for Public Policy Research and Analysis. This is a public institute uh, institution that was established in 1997, in 1997 through a legal notice commenced and commenced its operations in 1999. And uh, the Kenya Institute of policy, uh, Public Policy Research Analysis KIPRA is an institute, is a state, is a government of Kenya state corporation established by an act of parliament with a primary mandate of providing quality policy advice to the government of Kenya and other key stakeholders by conducting policy research and analysis through capacity building in order to contribute to the achievement of national long term development objectives of the country. the vision is to be an international center of excellence in public policy, research, and analysis. And, it, and its uh, key mission is to provide uh, quality public policy advice for the government of Kenya by conducting objective research and analysis through capacity building. And our final speaker is Mr. Mark Taylor. Mr. Mark Taylor is from our, is from our partner, Digital science, and he's in charge of. He's in charge of. Uh, he's in charge of. Uh, he's in charge of data insights at Digital Science, and he's going to take us through this artificial intelligence tool called Altmetric, whose main role is to actually monitor the trends of uh, the performance of policy, policy documents, and policy reports. Who is citing them? who is using them, um, the impact they've, been, they've had, and making, and also through Altmetric, making it further, making these uh, policy documents further accessible to users beyond uh, uh, the expected community that is already assigned to have access to the documents. So basically what you're talking about is the full accessibility of policy documents that our uh, think tanks Uh, have worked on, whether it's national or at continental level, and also monitoring those outputs. And also out of those outputs, getting uh, a range of the impact they've made in terms of um, the the target research areas they're focusing on, particularly on when you're looking at it from a quantifiable perspective, which sometimes can be really difficult to know um, the degree to which the uh, the the degree to which your policy has been influential. So, to some degree, it can be quantified, but to some degree, it is it is not that easy. So that is why, with the rise of AI and also some of this and this tool, Altmetric, we are able we are going to learn how we can take advantage of it and use it to understand and monitor the trends on policy, particularly African policy. Without further ado, I'll I'll have our first speaker. Uh, Dr. Nicolas Ozo. Dr. Nicolas Ozo is uh, is the executive director from the African Technology and Policy Studies. Over to you, Dr. Ozo.
2: Thank you very much, um, Joy, for having me. Thank you, colleagues and friends and participants in this um, very important uh, webinar important because of the topic being discussed uh, as it is um, very relevant in um, the in our in the different types of work that we engage and find ourselves in um i would like to share my screen so that um, I provide some basic uh, um, contributions from my own side. Um, Let me know if you can see my screen.
1: We can see it.
2: Please, can you see my screen?
1: Yes, we can.
2: Please continue. Is it moving, please? Has it moved to outline? Yes.
1: yes, it is. Please continue. Thank
2: you. Okay. Uh, so um, I've been asked to speak on this uh, topic, which is uh, using African policy data and indeed reports to monitor trends in uh, public policy. As uh, already have been introduced, I am. Nicholas Azor, I'm the executive director of ATPS. Um, My presentation will um, follow the outline. Please, has it moved to outline?
1: Yes, it has.
2: All right. So uh, I'll follow this uh, outline, uh, introduce ATPS. Uh, some provocations, introduction, then why monitor public policy trends with data and reports? Uh, talk about some techniques in um, as already, as was already introduced by Joy, and uh, talk about a specific case study that will be of interest. Uh, to, that is of interest to the ATPS, and uh, some best practices. I'll uh, also talk about opportunities in using policy data, as well as challenges. And I conclude. A brief about ATPS. Um, ATPS is a transdisciplinary network of researchers, policymakers civil society actors, and the private sector actors that promote the generation, the dissemination, use mastery of science, technology, and innovation for Africa's development, for environmental sustainability, and global inclusion, as already introduced by JOY. And um, we engage in knowledge, generation, brokerage, dissemination, and valorization. All our mission is to uh, build Africa's science, technology, and innovation capabilities so as to ensure sustainable development on the continent. And uh, uh, we use science, technology, and innovation as a means for achieving these uh, sustainable development goals. So we are a diplomatic entity based here in Nairobi and um, work across uh, Thirty countries in Africa, with also diaspora chapters in um, UK, Australia, and the, the United States. So, by virtue of our mandate, we make use of uh, policy data and report to support uh, governments, both at local, national. Uh, regional, continental, and even global levels to make informed decisions. And uh, this topic is very uh, So the slides are moving sometimes you find these things hanging. Joy, please. Has it moved to some provocations?
1: Yes, it has. Please continue.
2: Thank you. So um, this is just to pause and uh, agitate us as we engage in this discussion today. And uh, I want to ask, why are African policymakers not confident with the evidence generated from research by its own nationals? So you find most governments, depending on um, World Bank reports, Uh, IMF reports or reports from McKinsey, reports from outside the continent, outside their countries to make informed decisions rather than the ones that uh, even their locals and their local researchers have generated to inform policy decisions. So maybe in the course of um, these discussions, we, we may find solutions to that. Uh, The second question that I would want to use to provoke us is uh, why is there a low, very low or persistent low investment in research and development by African governments, which therefore leads to poor policy data and reports? So if uh, we don't invest in R&D, uh, as already um, recommended by the Heads of state since 1980 Legal Plan of Action for African governments to invest 1% of their GDP to research and development. Uh, and knowing that investment in R&D is direct, directly proportional to development, directly proportional to production of uh, these policy data, policy reports that may help in informing decision making, you find out that making decisions with poorly generated research outputs uh, have uh, its own um, consequences. So I'll end it there and uh, move to uh, the next slide, which I call introduction. Just to put into perspective uh, the concepts, I say that in the realm of uh, public policy analysis, the delineation between policy data and policy reports play a pivotal role in shaping informed decision-making and fostering evidence-based governance. As intricate components within the broader domain of public policy, these entities serve distinct but yet complementary functions contributing into the comprehension and advancement of societal well-being. Policy data, in its essence, represents a collection of empirical information, statistical matrices, and raw observations derived from meticulous research endeavors. It encapsulates a comprehensive array of quantitative and qualitative data points pertinent to specific policy domains and thereby facilitating the dissection of complex societal challenges. Unlike policy reports, which encapsulates synthesized analysis and narrative expositions, policy data retains an unprocessed quality, serving as the empirical foundation upon which subsequent analysis and inferences are constructed. In contrast, policy reports are manifestly interpretative documents that coalesce raw policy data into coherent narratives replet with analytical insights, recommendations, and contextual elucidations. Conceived as communicative instruments, policy reports transcend the rawness of data, serving as vehicles through which complex policy phenomena are distilled into comprehensible narratives, thereby rendering policy issues accessible to a diverse array of stakeholders. Africa policy data, in its essence, encapsulates a panoramic array of empirical information, quantitative matrices, and qualitative observations that shed light on the multifarious dimensions of public policy endeavors. Spanning diverse sectors like health, agriculture, education, economics, governance, ETC, this reservoir of data offers a granular examination of the prevailing situation, crystallizing intricate patterns, and facilitating discerning analysis. Crucially, Africa policy data traverses a trajectory Beyond its numerical essence, it encapsulates the palpable pulse of societal aspirations, challenges, and transformations, furnishing an empirical canvas upon which the narrative of public policy unfolds. The compilation, organization, and curation of this data form the bedrock upon which the edifice of informed policymaking rests so the the next question will be why do we monitor public policy why do we monitor public policy trends with policy data and uh, it is interesting to give some uh, information on why we monitor public policy on the relevance of monitoring public policy trends using policy data. The first um, uh, relevance that I would like to talk about is for uh, informed decision-making. Policy data and reports provide a factual bedrock for policymakers, enabling evidence-based decision-making that transcends conjecture. In a landscape marked by complexities, the, this empirical foundation guides formulation of interventions that are both contextually relevant and statistically sound. The second relevance is on identification of patterns. By scrutinizing data, data trends over time, analysts on add patterns that underscore policy effectiveness, efficacy, or challenges. These patterns reveal themselves as invaluable signposts offering insights into what works and what requires recalibration as the case may be. The third one is accountability and transparency. Policy data and reports bolster transparency by holding public institutions accountable The disclosure of empirical evidence fosters a culture of openness, enabling citizens to gauge the alignment of policies with their intended outcomes. Again, uh, we have targeted interventions as a relevant need for uh, monitoring uh, public policy trends. The discerning analysis of policy data allows for Pointed interventions addressing specific societal needs with precision. Informed by data, policymakers can tailor strategies that resonate with local contexts, thereby optimizing resource allocation and impact. Lastly, is uh, to have a responsive governance. As policy data and reports illuminate societal dynamics, They empower governments to nimbly adapt to emergent challenges. Real-time insights enable proactive responses, steering policy discourse towards resilient and agile governance. So these are parts of what I term uh, why uh, we need to monitor policy, uh, public policy trends uh, using data and reports. The uh, next uh, item I shall discuss here is uh, on some techniques for collecting, analyzing, organizing uh, of uh, policy data. And there are a lot of them uh, for us in social science and other uh, uh, science endeavors. We use most of these um, uh, designs or techniques because uh, to acquire accurate and comprehensive policy data from diverse uh, countries with diverse potentials is very um, important. And um, as the nuances of policy uh, landscapes vary across nations, the collection, organization and analysis of data requires Tailored approaches that account for contextual disparities while ensuring rigor and comparability. So, our, most of us are, are used to these uh, techniques surveys and questionnaires, uh, document analysis, which is the method that um, uncovers the existing policy frameworks, uh, directives, and strategic plans elucidating the contours of government intent by examining historical records and policy archives, researchers trace policy evolution and ascertain the alignment between rhetoric and implementation thereby, offering insights into policy trajectories. Um, The other is case study, which I shall also use to uh, bring home my point about the use of policy data and report later in this discussion. The others are interviews and focus group discussions. Of course, we are all used to this. The the essence of uh, uh, using focus group discussion is that it helps you to triangulate data that you have received at both uh, desk review level and uh, interview level And bringing key experts who may sit down to validate information or reports or data received from the other uh, lower levels of data uh, analysis and uh, collection. Uh, I will talk about comparative analysis, which is um, uh, which actually juxtaposes uh, policy data from multiple. Uh, African countries, for instance, thereby enabling cross-national assessments. So we can conduct uh, comparative uh, case studies and by discerning commonalities and disparities, researchers derive lessons from diverse contexts, facilitating the identification of best practices and uh, cautionary tales. Uh, Lastly is the ethnographic approaches. Uh, This approach involves a massive fieldwork within communities to understand policy dynamics in their sociocultural context. The researchers participate in the lives of individuals observing, engaging and documenting lived experiences so as to produce or generate data that may help to inform uh, policy and decision making. Um, next, Uh, is uh, about the case study that I talked about, uh, which is uh, on mainstreaming gender in the STI policy of Kenya. Uh, This is an example of a policy report that was uh, generated through using these techniques that we already discussed here uh, by the ATPS, and um, if I can trace the history uh, when the first draft of the STI policy of Kenya was, uh, was uh, developed, uh, I have, we happened to uh, have the opportunity to review them and uh, we found out some uh, uh, lapses and gaps in them. And uh, one of those gaps, Uh, was the issue of the missing uh, issue on gender mainstreaming in the STI policy of Kenya. Through the partnership between NACOSTI, uh, UNESCO, and the ATPS, we we were able to convene key stakeholders, we were able to undertake interviews, conduct um, desk studies, undergo document analysis, and so many other approaches we are deployed and we were able to come up with a policy report on mainstreaming gender in the national science technology and innovation policy of kenya and i'm happy to report that um, in the original document that we reviewed the word gender and women were mentioned only twice in the entire document 32 page document originally but by the time Uh, We finish uh, doing our document review and analysis and convening, as well as training that uh, we use to strengthen um, uh, the mainstreaming. We are happy to say that the issue of gender was fully mainstreamed in the current STI policy of uh, Kenya, courtesy of this effort and collaboration. Uh, utilizing policy data and policy report uh, to mainstream gender in the STI policy of Kenya. Thanks to all the stakeholders that participated in this case study. Um, the next uh, the next point I shall be discussing is on the best practices. And I think most of them have been, some of them was were mentioned uh, during the time um joy was uh, making um, uh, her introductory speech and um i see these best practices and tools on how we can utilize policy data and reports to inform um evidence based policy decisions as very relevant because the utility of policy data and reports extends beyond the realm of empirical exploration. It serves as a potent catalyst for steering evidence-based policy decisions that resonate with societal needs and aspirations. In a landscape where effective governance hinges upon um, informed choices, the adoption of best practices and tools amplifies the transformative potential of policy data. They are by paving way uh, for impactful interventions and sustainable progress. So some of them are listed here. We have uh, um, holistic data integration, which is the amalgamation of diverse data sets, ranging from quantitative indicators to qualitative narratives, uh, fosters a panoramic understanding of complex policy dynamics Integrated data dashboards facilitate real-time visualizations, enabling policymakers to discern multifaceted patterns and correlations that inform nuanced interventions. We have stakeholder engagement, which we all should know about. We have policy mapping and impact assessment. Maybe i talk about that a bit. Uh, tools, these are tools for policy mapping Uh, enable policymakers to visualize spatial and temporal trends facilitating the identification of uh, regional disparities and the targeting of interventions impact assessment methodologies such as cost benefit analysis and randomized control trials ascertain the effectiveness of policy measures guiding resource allocation and uh, optimization we have decision support system uh, harnessing digital platforms and decision support systems empowers policymakers with real-time access to policy data and simulations. These tools facilitate scenario analysis, enabling policymakers to model the potential outcomes of different interventions and identify strategies with the highest likelihood of uh, success and therefore make informed decision. Uh, we have policy briefs and info, infographics. I've talked about the policy briefs we used um, during the mainstreaming of uh, agenda. So it is also a very powerful tool to, to um, inform, to, to use, to inform policymakers on the right decisions to, to make uh, for, uh, in public policy. Then we have the predictive analytics and machine learning, which is like the AI uh, or the AI we talked about. Uh, Predictive analytics and machine learning, are the algorithms analyze historical data to forecast potential outcomes. So we can use uh, trends, we can use quotes, historical data to be able to predict how things will be if it has happened like this in the past, then, there is every likelihood that it will happen like this uh, the other way in the future. These tools anticipate trends enabling policymakers to proactively address emergent challenges and seize opportunities, thus enhancing the agility of policy responses. Uh, We have evidence translation, which is the bridging uh, of the gap between research and policy, Evidence translation mechanisms synthesize policy data into practical insights. Uh, summaries, uh, like executive summaries and policy notes, which encapsulate complex findings in accessible language, thereby yeah, facilitating the uptake of evidence into policy dialogue. Uh, we have data governance and ethical considerations. Uh, we have prudent data governance frameworks ensure. The ethical considerations or ethical collection, um, storage, utilization of policy data, and so on and so forth. So compliance with data protection regulations and privacy uh, and privacy safeguards, um, uh, uh, privacy safeguards, engenders, trust, and uphold integrity of evidence-based policy decisions. Uh, we also have policy learning networks and iterative feedback loops Uh, because of time, I may not go deeper into all this. Um, The next uh, point I will talk about is the opportunities in using policy data, which I think uh, uh, we, by now we should all know how, um, why we are talking about policy data and policy report. Uh, because it helps to achieve informed uh, policies that are more sustainable to enable societies to progress. And um, in the intricate landscape of policy formulation and governance, the accessibility utilization and sharing of African policy data and reports stand as both potent opportunities. And also, of course, as we shall see challenges As the continent endeavors to navigate a complex tapestry of development imperatives, leveraging policy data holds the promise of informed decision-making and evidence-based interventions. Uh, One of them is like I said here, informed decision-making. Policy data reports furnish uh, policymakers with empirical compass, enabling them to navigate the convoluted policy landscape with acumen and accuracy and precision and timeliness to be able to meet the needs of the society. Second is targeted interventions. Um, Granular policy data engenders precision in policy interventions. Cross-country learning, comparative analysis of policy approaches offer a reservoir of insights, spurring innovation and best practice um, replications. So where we have seen it work in this country, if uh, Rwanda uh, has uh, uh, over uh, 60% of women in their legislative assembly, how can we learn from this and even uh, apply the affirmative action to ensure that our one-third gender rule applies in um, in the countries that have stated that in their uh, different constitutions. Next is about public accountability and the transparency, which I mentioned about uh, as an opportunity that we use policy data and report to harness because uh, transparency engenders a culture of openness, enabling citizens to gauge the alignment of actions with articulated goals thereby bolstering the legitimacy of governance, and showing that there's nothing to hide. Lastly, on the opportunity that this offer is about data-driven innovation. Insights gleaned from data analysis catalyze the development of pioneering solutions to persistent societal challenges. Uh, in this era of uh, uh, machine learning and uh, um, artificial intelligence, Uh, we can use data innovatively to be able to sustain uh, the the, uh, solutions that we use to uh, address the societal challenges just as we can see uh, uh, like uh, in the application of AI in agriculture and food systems, which is uh, an initiative that is led by my organization, the ATPS across Africa, where we are applying AI tools and innovations to solve complex societal challenges in the area of agriculture and food systems, we also seen uh, we have seen also AI being applied in climate change for climate action, AI and gender, AI and policy I mean, uh, these are emerging trends which we need to harness all the time. And um, the last uh, uh, point I will discuss is about the challenges in uh, using policy data. Because as a matter of fact, uh, whatever thing that uh, has a good part may have also its own difficult part. Um, I have listed about uh, five key challenges to the use of uh, policy data. One is about data accessibility and availability. Access to uh, comprehensive uh, up-to-date policy data is often impeded by data scarcity, inconsistent collection methodologies, and bureaucratic hurdles, which undermine the timely and holistic exploration of uh, uh, policy landscape. I recall when my organization was developing an app, uh, which we call LandPickers App, an app that enables users, especially farmers and pastoralists, to instantly access Climatic information and be able to make informed decisions on uh, their farming enterprises, be it production, be it marketing, utilization, and processing and transportation, and so on. Um, we, we, we had a, an issue uh, getting the, the kind of data that we, we needed. And one of such was uh, we had a, approached, for instance, uh, the Kenya Agricultural Research and Livestock Organization on Karlo here, uh, where we are made to uh, pay almost hundred thousand dollars to buy uh, data for maize yield in Kenya for hundred years. So you can see that um, uh, the 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 data can be costly. Data can be very difficult to get, and uh, that's why in in recent times we are promoting open data. Even in our AI research and development, we are also promoting open, open data where data repositories are developed, repositories are developed and stored and they're made available to users to uh, uh, use them for their further uh, uh, inno- innovative tools to solve societal challenges. So data accessibility, and I'm happy it will be part of what will be talked about here, Uh, is very important uh, to deal with. Secondly is about technological uh, infrastructure. There are gaps in technological capabilities uh, which limit the utilization and dissemination of policy data, particularly in remote and undeserved uh, regions, uh, underserved regions. Uh, I mean, um, the, the infrastructure to hold Some of these data are not there, especially uh, power, uh, electricity, good roads, um, and not always the internet access and internet penetration. uh, Most of the time, uh, prevent the collection and storage of uh, data uh, uh, that we can use to inform policy decisions. Uh, Next is about institutional barriers. Uh, Fragmented governance structures, uh, bureaucratic inertia, and lack of coordination among government agencies can hinder seamless data sharing and collaboration, thereby limiting the holistic view of policy dynamics. So there could be institutional barriers, which even can uh, be as a result of uh, individual incapabilities uh, and lack of uh, capacity at individual levels, and also at uh, organizational levels, uh, which might affect policy data and the policy report. Next is the cultural and the linguistic diversity. Uh, The linguistic and cultural diversity across African nations can complicate data sharing and interpretation. Language barriers may impede the cross country dissemination of policy insights. I don't know whether some of you have had the opportunity of uh, going to countries where you can't speak their language to collect data. I remember my experience in Tanzania um, and before I started having a, a, some little uh, experience of French, uh, when you go to these countries, you find it difficult to interact. So you may need a middle person to um, uh interface between you and uh and uh, the original information being generated and of course in the course of this transmission uh information can be diluted and uh, this is a a challenge finally on this is on limited stakeholder engagement Uh, insufficient involvement of marginalized communities and civil society in data collection and sharing may result in incomplete or skewed policy insights yeah, by undermining the inclusivity of governance. Most of the time, uh, we think that uh, what the governments have said uh, that they mean well for us, uh, but uh, it is always ideal to have a bottom-up approach where uh, you the, the marginalized, the women, the underserved, the youth, uh, that we hear their voice in a manner of social inclusion, and gender equality, these are the things that we make evidence, that we generate the kind of policy evidence and data that will make a robust uh, 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 policy uh, governance uh, in in any country. I will conclude, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, by saying that uh, at the vanguard of policy analysis, the significance of policy data and reports reverberates profoundly in the sphere of monitoring policy uh, trends or public policy trends. Through meticulous data collection, rigorous analysis, and coherent reporting, these instruments unravel the threads that weave the fabric of policy evolution, casting light on its trajectory, nuances, implications, and impacts. African governments, therefore, must invest in research and development and support indigenous researchers and think tanks to develop proven policy data and reports that will of course inform sustainable and evidence-informed policy making on the continent at this point i want to thank uh, you very much for giving me the opportunity to speak during this uh, webinar god bless
1: Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Ozo. Uh, that was very insightful, giving us an overview of what ATPS is doing and some of the challenges facing and the importance of AI. Uh, the importance of AI when it comes to uh, the the visibility and accessibility of policy documents. And this is what it, this is why actually we're having this meeting, to make our policy documents much more accessible, much more visible. Uh, Dr. Situma is from NACOSTI, that is the National Commission of Science and Technology and Innovation. We are getting into the next session, and then please, if you could just uh, type in your question or your comment so that we can have them collated when uh, uh, both speakers have already uh, shared their inputs. The remaining speakers have already shared their inputs. But thanks for making it for today's uh, webinar.
0: Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Mazum Gumzo Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on all our channels for more updates and for candid stories by researchers, policymakers, higher education leaders, and innovators on their journeys. See you in our next episode.